Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. I'm your host, David Hoffeld, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to look at numerous challenging sales scenarios and using science, decipher exactly what the best way forward will be. And as we go through these exercises together, I'm going to have you play along and think through what would you do? as I present these scenarios to you. And then I'm going to share with you some powerful, proven scientific principles that bring clarity to the situation. And this is what I do every day when I work with salespeople and organizations around the world. When they bring to me sales situations, what do I go to? I go right to the scientific models that help me understand what reality is, and then help me develop solutions that'll make a noticeable and immediate impact on their sales performance. Because I am very impatient when it comes to improving sales. Why wait? Let's just improve them today. And science gives us insights on exactly how to do that. So let's begin. All that being said, let's jump into our first sales situation. And that is this. If you and a competitor are presenting back-to-back and you've gone through the sales process and the final thing is you have to go before a board, let's say, or a group of buyers, and you have to present your product or service and about your company, and you have, let's say, 45 minutes, but your competitor will also be presenting that same day and they've narrowed it down to both of you and they're going to choose one based on many factors, including that presentation, which will be highly impactful. If you have the option, should you go first or second, or does it not really even matter? I want you to think about that. What do you think? And more importantly, why? All right, it's great to have an opinion about stuff. Everyone has an opinion. Why should you go first? Or why should you go second? Or why do you think it really doesn't matter? Well, let's talk about this because there's a lot of science here that we can leverage to give us a clear answer. Let's jump into it because a number of behavioral scientists have looked at this exact situation and conducted experiments. And here's what we know now based off of decades of research. Should you go first or second? In the scenario I laid out, you'll want to go first. Your presentation going first will shape your buyer's perceptions and you can put your competitor at a huge disadvantage. The reason why is because of something called the primacy effect, which is the brain's tendency to be more influenced by what is presented first than by what is presented later. In other words, what happens at the beginning is going to shape their interpretation of everything else that happens, which means you can do things to really set your competitor at a disadvantage. This is why first impressions matter, right? When you meet someone, if they give you a bad first impression, it sabotages everything else they share with you. Everything else they say, you look at through that lens of that bad first impression, and it can skew your perception of their message just because of how poorly they conveyed themselves up front. They sabotaged themselves. This is why every good speaker I know will focus a lot on what they say right at the beginning of their talk, why they want to create that positive impression. They want to build rapport and trust. And Why do they care about that? Because of the primacy effect. That's going to influence how you and I in the audience 
are impacted by everything else they say. And if you know how to put your competitor at a disadvantage, if you understand some of the science we've talked about regarding how to deal with competitors, you can really do a number on them so that when they walk in after you, they don't know what they're walking into and you have just changed the game on them. Now, that being said, let me change the scenario and get your opinion on this. Let's say it's not back-to-back. Let's say there's a three-week gap in time between either when you'll be presenting or your competitor. So one of you will be presenting, and then three weeks later, the other will be presenting, and then your buyers will make their decision. Now, should you go first? Should you go second? Or does it not even matter? The good news is there is a lot of research on this as well. The primacy effect matters, but there's a problem with the primacy effect, and that is it doesn't last that long, meaning some of it will linger, but the majority of the impact of the primacy effect fades over time. When we look at the three-week difference, that's a big deal. Going back to back, so you're presenting within an hour or a couple hours of each other, of course, I want to go first. If the presentations are three weeks apart, then I want to go second. Why? There's another scientific principle that researchers have codified based on decades of research called the recency effect. What is the recency effect? It's essentially the idea that last words linger. This is also why any great speaker, when they end their talk, what do they do? They want to end it with that knockout punch. They want to end it in a way that propels you to a predictable activity or actions, right? They want to end it on a high. Why is that? Because what the research shows really conclusively is what you hear last lingers and it's what you're most likely to remember. So if your competitor goes first three weeks ago, the memory of what they shared has faded so much. Does the primacy effect still matter? Somewhat, but a lot of the impact of it has been diminished over time. So now what's more powerful? So what trumps the primacy effect in this situation? The recency effect. And that's why you want to go last. Why? If everything else is equal in your presentations, meaning let's just say for argument's sake, you and your competitor presented the exact same value propositions, the same information about the company. Given that situation, I can predict who will win the business? The one who goes second. The recency effect was now when the buyers get together to make that decision, who are they far more likely to remember? Even if you and your competitor presented the same value proposition, the fact that you went last and the memory of the competitor has faded so significantly makes it much more likely, science says, that you will be chosen. In fact, I remember a number of years ago now, I was looking at a situation exactly like this. And I was able to say with, I said, approximately 90% accuracy, who would be chosen when the competing messages were almost identical. That made a huge impact. And I remember telling the person, I can tell you right now who's going to get chosen at about 90 to 95% accuracy, I said. And that is this organization. They were presenting five weeks after the initial one, which is a long time. And then the decision be made. And guess what happened? It was a large group of buyers. And guess what the percentage was that actually chose the second seller? It was like 92%. But they were almost the same. Why would one seller dominate the other when they're identical in almost every way? I mean, the companies, the product, I mean, everything they said was almost the same. It was company and product parity. 
Why did it make such a difference? The recency effect was what trumped everything else. And these buyers might have thought they were making an objective decision based on the evidence. No, 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 no. It was extremely predictable. And I share all that with you to just remind you that understanding just a few of these scientific principles can help you dominate a competitor just by leveraging the science in your favor. But let's keep going on. I want to give you another sales scenario. And that is this. Let's say that someone calls you up and they say, listen, I need some help. I am in the worst sales slump I have ever been in. I think I'm doing everything the way I've always done it. Uh, the market conditions haven't changed that much in my industry, but in the last quarter, my sales have just plummeted. I'm talking to the same kind of buyers. Everything seems the same. I don't know what's going on. Maybe sales isn't for me anymore. What do I do? What would you tell them to do? Where's the starting place? Notice here, your friend who's calling you up is starting to go negative, right? Sales slumps do that to salespeople when they go through them. So you want to catch sales slumps early. This is true if it's you or someone else. General rule, the longer a sales slump continues, the more the mental game starts to become corrupted and the mindset starts to become corrupted. So we want to get to the issue of a slump and quickly, what do you do in that situation knowing time is not your friend? You can't take months to figure this out. You need to get results. Right now, you have one hour with this person. What are you going to do? Think through this. What would you do? I've seen this make the difference between whether someone, especially if they're newer to sales, stays in sales or washes out of the profession altogether. Let me share with you what science says. The best way to deal with something like this is to leverage the way our brains make buying decisions. And so for that, we use what are called the six whys. This is based on just decades and decades of research that shows that Commitments are the building blocks of the sale. Well, what commitments matter? Sure, there's commitments to continue a sales call. Let's get together again next Tuesday. What time works best for you? Three o'clock, okay, that kind of thing. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about how the buying decision is made because when a sale isn't made, it's a breakdown of that process. That process wasn't able to be completed. So we wanna look at those six whys. What are they real quickly? And I'll show you exactly how to do this. Why change? Why now? Why your industry solution? Why you and your company? Why your product or service? Why spend the money? We have a lot of great resources on this. Check out huffellgroup.com or my book, The Science of Selling, or our virtual learning platform. Amazing things you can do with real simulations and let you practice these things. But here's what I want you to do for right now. I want you to take those six whys, that framework that describes how the buying decision occurs, and you hold it up to your sales process or this individual sales process. And so you want to say, which of these six whys are we not getting commitments to? That's what's causing us to lose the sales. And usually when someone goes into a sales slump, this is at least one of the foundational issues. There could be multiple issues having pulled countless amount of salespeople out of sales slumps over my career. But the first thing I want to look at is this right here. Are we addressing each of those six whys, especially when someone was successful and now they're not? And they think they're doing everything the same, but usually things morph slowly over time. So it's not like they make big changes to their sales process in one day. They do little shortcuts or things change and they do it slowly over months and they don't realize how far they've strayed. So you want to get them back to that framework and you want to look at, are we addressing each of those whys proactively in the sales process? If we are, you're going to be successful. 
if we're not, or there's one or two that we're not addressing the way we were in the past, which is often the case in these kind of sales situations where there's a slump that occurred when people were successful, then we want to dig in and say, okay, what's going on there? How can we modify our sales process to proactively address that why? So give that some thought as well. We have talked about three challenging sales situations and the power that science can bring to each of them. As we close today's podcast, let me first of all say thank you so much for listening. I've been just overwhelmed with the amount of new listeners that we've gotten over the last few months. And so thank you so much. Please tell others about this podcast. We really do try to give really actionable sales ideas, no fluff, just science-backed sales strategies that make a big difference. So please tell others about this podcast. And if you want more science-based sales strategies, check out our website, Huffeld, H-O-F-F-E-L-D, group.com. A lot of great resources on there at no cost. So until next time, use what you've learned today or been reminded of, and then get out there and sell something. We'll see you next time. <laughs>